You're listening to In the Open, a Mental Health America podcast, a space where we explore mental health and navigate the challenges of life through honest and candid conversation. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to In the Open. Today, we're going to talk about do I have ADHD? And I have our guest with me, Kendra. Hi, good to be back. Yeah, if you haven't heard, Kendra was in a podcast not that long ago, a couple weeks, where she shared about her experiences in supporting community and advocating and changing how people need help and getting help in community, which was awesome. Today, we're going to turn a little more personal, but let's dive right in. So the topic is, do I have ADHD? Kendra, I know a bit about you because you are my staff member. We work together and you, unlike what we hear in society like ADHD is a childhood disease but here you you were like no I figured this out as an adult (laughs) right yeah I um, got diagnosed at the very young age of 23 (laughs) uh, which in ADHD talk that's like ancient so (laughs) it I've only known that I've lived with it for about three years now so still relatively new Still figuring out myself. But yeah, it's good to be here and be a representative for those who might not be represented or di- or underdiagnosed when it comes to ADHD. Yeah. Last week, I talked to um, Kristen, who was m- misdiagnosed and missed like the opportunity to be able to identify as um, autistic. Why do you think that ADHD is also was for you misdiagnosed? Because there are a couple reasons, right? Yeah. Um, just going back to when I first had suspicions, a lot of it was written off because I had done so well in school. So like there's a misconception that people who have ADHD, they're probably the people who are disrupting class. They're not focusing enough. Me, I was honor roll student, honors in college. I did my work. I like to do my work. And so I remember having a conversation with a family member When I was like 18, I was like, I am having trouble focusing. I don't know what's going on, but I'm thinking, I looked up ADHD and I think some of this is fitting me. And they were like, you're too smart, Kendra. And I like left it alone there. And then also 18 is is an older age to get diagnosed for ADHD. I think most people are getting diagnosed around like prepubescent age. And so there aren't necessarily a lot of resources out there for adults with ADHD. We get written off. And then sometimes, like you were speaking to, we get misdiagnosed. Um, one of my close friends, she also has ADHD, and she was first diagnosed with OCD because some behaviors in ADHD and OCD do overlap. Like, for example, I fidget. And so some of those behaviors can look like compulsive behaviors. And I think that's especially common for women, too. So... A combination of, for lack of a better words, ignorance in the community, and then just biases towards older people or women from other marginalized groups kind of contribute to this underdiagnosis or misdiagnosis that we see a lot with adults with ADHD. Yeah. ADHD runs in parts of my family, and we also have a couple of people who just, for shame or whatever reason, did well in school and only now. I have one niece in particular. I was like, how'd you do it then? Like, how'd you get through school? And she was like, shoot, I procrastinated till the very end. And then the pressure. 
was what helped me. Is that what happened for you? Yes. Similar experience. And even today, unless I'm feeling the immense weight on my shoulders to complete a task in a timely manner, it's like an adrenaline rush, I would say. Um, You get from waiting to the very last minute. And then one thing I've noticed is just like running against a clock is something that just helps me get things done. Again, stuff like that is written off just like, oh, this is just procrastination. But you know, there's a little, something else going on here. Like, why are we feeling some type of high from just getting stuff done very super duper late? Like, what's why am I getting dopamine from this? Like, I should be probably stressed out. And no, I'm like at my most productive. Like, there's something off there. Um, so, yeah, I had a similar experience. And that was part of the reason I was just so good in school. It is interesting because for our kids now who we in my family who we have done a better job of seeing that ADHD is an issue like we do have a timer mm-hmm. <laughs> and everything is now timed. It's like mm-hmm. you got two minutes to brush your teeth. Go <laughs> you know? like so it's like, OK, that's a dopamine thing. There's an energy thing. I love that you frame it as a, a joy. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> I actually like the thrill and that gives me excitement and motivation. It's a very interesting feeling. I don't know how to describe just getting a rush for being stressed out, but then there's also a sense of like a strong sense of accomplishment once the task is finished. Mm. It's like, wow, I really got this done in so little time. Now I can like, there's a reward at the end of the tunnel. I can lay down (laughs) and go to sleep or I can give myself a little treat or whatever. And so once you like get in the habit of doing that, it becomes a habit. It's something like, oh, I know I can do this in a short period of time. I want to stick with it. There's no motivation to do something early. And plus I get immense happiness from doing it this way. It's literally a chore for me to go in. Like if if you tell me something's due in a week, I might not get started right away. It's like, it's kind of depressing (laughs) in a way. It's like, it feels mundane. Um, That's a better word. When it comes to stuff like ADHD, when people kind of write it off as like, oh, this just happens to everybody. I don't necessarily think so. A lot of people, when people with anxiety feel immense pressure, they might not get that same brush that people with ADHD do. And so it's kind of baffles me when people talk about you know, these symptoms just happen to anybody because it can vary among people who are neurodivergent, people who aren't neurodivergent. Um, It can vary among different conditions. It's important for people to realize that the level of excitement, joy someone gets from waiting to complete an activity might not be just regular, regular (laughs) procrastination like there's there's something else going on here yeah why do I absolutely need to be on a timer or feel like I'm a ticking bomb for me to get excitement out of doing a task and that's where ADHD comes into play yeah because I have anxiety I don't have that thing that you're talking about like if I have a to-do item there are certain things that I find that I have to have a little more pressure to do, but it's not like I have to wait till the very end to get that rush. I, I can motivate myself earlier on and, and try to piecemeal things. And that so that makes a lot of sense. So there's a part where I'm like, 
lately in society, and I don't know if you feel this, but attention and concentration is hard. And that might be my anxiety brain. And I definitely know it's my depressed brain. So if I'm in an episode, I don't have concentration at all. But like in that weird gray area in between, I'm like, God, I have bad concentration. And is it because of like the internet? And I'm super focused on why TikTok is so amazing. And I just want to scroll through every single thing on TikTok and I lose like four hours on TikTok. And when I come out of that, that TikTok brain, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, I literally can't focus on anything. My mm-hmm. brain has been trained. Like what's when you do that? How, do, how does the ADHD brain deal with the, all of the stimuli? I feel like deal with uh, might not be the correct term because am I really dealing with it or am I just endlessly doom scrolling? Do you love it? Does it hit that dopamine? <laughs> Sometimes. I think for me, even as I'm doom scrolling and these algorithms that are watching us are figuring out exactly what's capturing my attention, I'll get specific videos related to that specific topic so it might be i like to watch tiny cooking videos so people will go in they'll make very many miniature versions of food that's one of my favorite things and so instagram and tiktok know that so i'll get those types of videos and it really caters to when i want to hyper focus and so in those situations yes it's 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 a rush in those situations where I'm overstimulated, not so much. So overstimulation can look like irritability, just being exhausted, drained. And so if I'm constantly getting videos that are not necessarily catering or scratching that itch, I'll want to throw my phone and then like for five minutes and then I'll be like, well, I have nothing to do with my life. So I go back to doom scrolling. And so it really just depends on wherever I'm at emotionally. That really lends well to my second question that I really want to ask you is like, so you you were able to do really well in life, um, but at what point did it not work out for you anymore? Like the things you were doing didn't work and now you're like, oh crap, this is, this is why you were able to discover something else was a problem. So complicated answer because I didn't really start to notice symptoms that are really debilitating or feel the motivation to actually do something about it until um, I got down to college and going into the workforce. Um, and like I mentioned before, um, I was good in school. You know, there was nece- not necessarily any symptoms I noticed right away until like I went into the testing center and they actually asked me about my childhood. I was like, oh wait, I used to just doodle in class all the time, like draw in class all the time. That would capture my attention more than the actual lesson at hand. I think I really, really had a realization once the pandemic hit. So as we both know, a lot of people just became hyper aware of their brains because we were stuck at home. All we could do is just sit there and think. But also the pandemic and the trauma that came from that and just the overall shift of the world that came from that really kind of altered people's brains. I think my condition kind of developed even more or it just the degree to which I was experiencing symptoms, I think it was very much exacerbated by the pandemic. And so one of the first things I noticed, I was a very hard worker. I was one of those people that just didn't take time off. I liked being busy all the time, which can also be a symptom of ADHD if you just want to constantly be doing tasks so you're not bored. Again, didn't realize at the time. So once the pandemic hit, I was at home a lot, away from the office environment. 
Um, and I started to notice my productivity was going down a little bit. I wasn't as motivated to work. And then beyond just my work environment, I had just started to notice some forgetfulness. And I wasn't, a, I, I'm one of those people that's just like really big on birthdays or like my new details about a person. Like, I know your favorite color. I know your favorite dessert. I know what you like to do on the weekend, stuff like that. And I was starting to forget stuff like that. People's names I started to forget. And then probably the most alarming symptom, um, I just started throwing random things away. Um, I threw my wallet away, throw my keys away. And like I'd be like, where did they go? And I know I set them on the counter. I didn't sit them on the counter. I was, I don't know, I, I had a bag of food and I threw my keys in the bag and I threw the bag away there's where my keys were so stuff like that and I was thinking to myself like do I have like dementia or something like it was that bad to the point was like okay now this seems a little serious if I have like a memory processing disorder I probably need to get checked out and so I ended up researching ADHD again I was like this makes a lot of sense let me just go get answers when you read about ADHD, what were the parts that really clicked? We were like, oh, this makes sense. And it's not concentration due to other things. Well, seeing that forgetfulness and how some people were like relating their experiences and how they were terrified that they had dementia, I was just like, oh, this immediately resonated. I wouldn't say I was the most hyper kid, but I did have moments where I was hyperactive um, or just got really excited about certain things. So that inattentiveness, so like zoning out, especially when I'm talking to someone. And even then with the pandemic, you know, everybody was like on the computer. And so if I'm sitting through a long Zoom meeting or a webinar, I'm just checking out. Oh, emotional dysregulation, which was something that is still kind of being researched right now and how like ADHD plays a part in that. But I would notice that I would have like extreme emotional sensitivity to certain things, especially when I felt like I was failing at something. Um, So I was very anxious about performing in front of others, doing a task correctly, or perfectionism. And so once I learned about that, I was like, you know, I thought it was just related to whatever traumas I had had in the past, but it might just also be related to the condition I have where I just don't necessarily have the control that I think I do over my emotions. Like it's not, and that was something I just used to beat myself up about. Something's wrong with me, but in reality, like there's something going on in my brain. Mm. And that thought in itself, it's scary, but it's also kind of reassuring that it's just, it's not just something that, you know, you're stuck with or that there's not any type of treatment for. Yeah. Something that people have studied and kind of have an understanding of. And there might be help out there to help you kind of regulate yourself. So it's not the end of the world per se. Yeah. That trauma about the condition and the way that looks for an ADHD brain, um, that feels very different from the trauma of anxiety or the trauma of depression, you know, that feeling of failure or perfectionism. It does. There's something in your voice that, in the way that you describe it, that's bound up in your performance that might be different than the way that we think about perfectionism as tied to our image or our body or our personhood, right? Like maybe in ADHD, it's very much tied to performance and my ability to execute tasks. 
I know that's how you know my family member feels. It's like once the work pressure built up and when boredom and there's something about self-pacing and work as opposed to, I don't know, in school, are you like, you're moving from one class to the next. Every day is super structured. You have homework. Do. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're going to work and you're like, look, this is what you have to do every month. And it's your job to fulfill your responsibility. But I don't know, something about that is different than school that then I don't know, something about the boredom and the task making, the list making, the structure. Like that's very ADD, ADHD. Does that, is that feel true? Yeah, I, I think I especially noticed going back when I was thinking about how I was doing in school, there was a sharp difference between high school and college. Like I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily prepared for how much freedom I would have in college. And so if I was bored with a class, I just didn't go. Um, oh. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Sometimes, like I look at it, like how how did I how did I maintain a high level performance in college? Like how was I able to graduate? Because there were some classes I just did not enjoy. They felt pointless to me, or I just didn't necessarily understand. And the thought of having to go through a process of like actually dropping the class and potentially like delaying my education was just too much for me. And so I just thought I'm not going to deal with this. I find comfort in just not going to something that's distressing and not worrying about going through a distressing process of actually finding a schedule that actually works for me or finding classes that actually work for me. That is so interesting because you're saying that boredom is painful. Whereas maybe for other brains, boredom is just boredom. You're like, I feel absolutely distressed when I'm bored, which is, I don't know, is it true that people with ADHD also love stimuli? So they love playing video games that, and that's not boring. And not only that, it's like joyful. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've walked through some information here just about ADD, but like ADD, ADHD. What do you have advice for people who are like, oh no, do I have ADHD? <laughs> Is it real? Am I being gaslit by society and my providers? I usually tell people to take others' experiences or or stuff you see on the internet, anecdotes with a grain of salt. But for me, one of the more validating things was actually just being able to read through others' experiences with ADHD because it looks very different for everyone. And this is especially true um, for groups that aren't necessarily diagnosed as much. So ADHD tends to center children. They tend to, to center boys. I don't know if I know another Black woman with ADHD. That's a lie. My sister has it. But um, <laughs> but other than that, I, like, I literally can't think of somebody like me who has it. And so it's important to look out for symptoms that aren't necessarily talked about a lot. So hyperactivity is probably one of the more talked about symptoms. So we're talking about like disturbance in class, can't sit still, maybe even some anger outbursts, stuff like that. For me, I think I have like a combination, but I'm more so inattentive ADHD. So that's more of lack of focus, um, withdrawal, lack of concentration, forgetfulness, maybe even having some sort of anxiety when it comes to like interacting with others. And so being mindful of that. Also, if you're contemplating if you have ADHD, but just don't know where to start, because I do know when talking with friends who think they have it, they just 
they weren't sure of all the options that were available. Um, and even now, like trying to get tested for a mental health condition, like it's expensive, it might not be as accessible. And so knowing what options you have, like for me, thankfully there was a testing center down the street from my house and it accepted my insurance. So testing was like $25. But for others, it, it runs upwards of like $500, $600. So it might not be as attainable, but if you're able to find a center that's able to accommodate you and whatever affordability you might have, even when I was there, like there were moments where I was invalidated. The psychiatrist even told me um, that everybody throws their keys away. Everybody forgets stuff. And I'm just like, were you listening to anything that I said? This is happening too frequently. Um, and I've never done this before. So this is new to me. I feel like something's wrong. And yeah, I'd already good. tested by then. And it had already showed that I had had like severe auditory and visual deficiency. I forget the actual term. And so the test results are saying this girl has ADHD. And so the psychiatrist wasn't listening to me. And the testing center like didn't follow up with my primary care provider. So I had to it took me months and it's okay if it takes you months to go back and try to find treatment. It took me months, but I finally followed up with my PCP and told them to demand the results from the testing center. And so even if a, a psychiatrist, psychologist doesn't listen to you, a primary care provider is also authorized to be able to administer treatment for mental health conditions. So my PCP, she listened to me and actually got me medication. Um, and so advocating for yourself, it's tough. I'm not one of those people that likes to call the doctor and make appointments and stuff. So, like, and that's part of the reason why the system is so broken, because a person with ADHD is going to forget to <laughs> call somebody and say, hey, can I, can, I, can I make an appointment? And then actually remembering the appointment and actually showing up to the appointment and actually following up after the appointment. That's all of that. It's so hard to do. Yeah. And so I just want to validate people who are just even stressed out at the thought of doing that. I was too. And if it yeah. takes you a few months, it just does. Yeah. I also love that you brought up family because maybe you're the first person to ever have a thing, but probably not. Like mo mm -hmm. when I look back at my family, you're all, oh, there's where it was misdiagnosed, you know, yes. like undiagnosed. I got it. Yeah. And then once we all started getting diagnosed, it was like, okay, that's cool. I could see how depression passed that way and anxiety passed that way and ADHD passed that way. And God yeah. forbid, like the person who had all three, thankfully nobody does so far. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Then it just feels like you're less crazy. You're like, I'm not making this stuff up. And and yeah. I love that. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, testing. I'm just curious because people, I don't know if people know, but MHA and you and I work on the MHA screening, mhascreening.org mm -hmm. website. And we just added an ADHD screen. It was so exciting. Did you ever take it and just be like, what does this look like? Oh, I did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was it like, oh, you tested positive with ADHD? Like, did it, did the test, was it valid? Yeah. I took the ADHD test and it was like, you don't have ADHD. That, that made me feel better. <laughs> I was like, okay, it feels right. Like it, yeah. it's anxiety. It knew the difference yeah. between anxiety and attention and ADHD and attention. Yeah. Final thoughts? I just want to reemphasize that just like any mental health condition that what ADHD or how it manifests in you is it's going to look different from your friend who has ADHD, your sister, your cousin, your coworker. And so 
try not to compare yourself to others. Like you can relate to others, but also just be aware of your own um, experience and your own existence. Um, and then even if you feel like it might not be ADHD, using a resource like our screener to just kind of figure out exactly what might be going on is a good idea. Also knowing that ADHD does manifest into other conditions. So if left untreated, it'll commonly manifest into anxiety. So maybe now you're overthinking a lot or overworrying a lot. Um, and with ADHD, that's also um, a symptom. So there might be comorbidities going on. It might not just be anxiety. There might be something else that can answer what other symptoms you might have. And I just cannot stress enough the value of advocating for yourself and then knowing how to do so. So people say all the time, you just need to fight for yourself, but how do you do that? So being aware of all the options that are available to you, like I mentioned earlier about how I didn't know I could just go circumnavigate around the testing center that wasn't necessarily listening to me. So don't give up. Um, one of my friends, the one who got diagnosed with OCD, um, she got a second opinion for somebody else and they were like, oh, wait, this was actually ADHD. So don't be afraid to ask somebody else. And if you're not ready to, you know, start treatment or you're, you're scared, because I know there's just a lot of fear around stimulants and things like that. That's fine. There are other ways to kind of deal or navigate life, what, life while having ADHD. Sometimes I kind of just sit with it sit in my ADHD paralysis and let it be. <laughs> mm -hmm. I use my uh, desire to procrastinate to my advantage. Um, as long as I'm giving a clear deadline, I can get it done. And I know that's a strength, like it's a weakness, but it's also a strength. Being vulnerable about my condition and how it affects my work with Teresa, and it really helps strengthen our work and relationship and how she communicates with me. And I think finding a community also of people who share similar symptoms was also helpful for me. Yeah, that's that's all really good advice. Um, I'll I'll add when I hear your words, I'm like sometimes people are like, well, what what is it? Like, is it ADHD? Is anxiety? I would say from a clinical perspective, there are two things. It's like what comes first, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, what's the biggest part of the pie? Mm -hmm. Like, does your anxiety or depression stem from your mismanaged ADHD or is it vice versa? Does your concentration problems come from depression or anxiety? Mm -hmm. That 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 question sometimes helps people figure it out. And then I love what you're saying and something that resonates for me in that those words is like, does it click? Does it feel right? Because in the end, we know ourselves best. Mm -hmm. Like our doctors, they don't know us. What feels right for you, you got to lean on mm -hmm. and have intuition in because the system, they want to push back. They don't want to give you treatment. They are also busy and the way it's designed, it doesn't, it's not helpful for doctors even to provide really good quality care, right? In mm -hmm. the end, like we're advocating for ourselves and what feels right to you I like that you you like you what you're saying kind of leans into that. Like we have to trust our gut mm -hmm. and keep pushing forward. So thank you so much, Kendra. Thank you for being here and sharing of your life story. And I'll just close out by telling everybody to keep on fighting in the open. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.